beautiful. I want it. What? The house? No, the ducky. Oh, but you already have a ducky. What are you saying? That I shouldn't have whatever I want? Well, I must have it. I must get it. You must go and get it for me. If you want me to be happy, then you'll show me you adore me. Don't rest another minute till it's sitting here before me. If you want to do your best, I would suggest you go and bring me back that duck. But, sir, if I could just jog your memory, you already have quite a few duckies. Those are yesterday's duckies. Huh? Well, these are all perfectly good duckies. Why, most of your loyal subjects would love to have even one ducky this nice. I don't like these. I don't need these. I don't want these any longer. My affection for those duckies isn't getting any stronger. To say I can't have what I want, you couldn't be more wronger. Don't ask me to explain. There will be pain if you don't go and get that. Our conversation is over. Now, this attitude, this this more is better, that's what I grew up with, right? Are y'all like that? If if one is good, two is better. Uh, if one dollar is good, two is better. If one car is good, two would be better. If one is good, then more is better. If If one monster is good, then two would be better, right? That's what I've been taught all my life. And, and this kind of represents King Solomon. King Solomon was, if one wife is good, 700 is better because he had 700 lives, lives, wives. If one duck is good, then more ducks are better. If one piece of Sopapilla cheesecake is good, then two is better until you throw up. And then two was definitely not better. But I love that stuff. That's one of my things. So today what I want to do is I want to argue the opposite. I want to look at less is more. How many of you have heard that, that more is better? Right? There's even commercials. More is better. All right. Today I'm going to argue that less is more. And in honor of this idea of less is more, I've given you one verse on your listening guide and we're going to memorize this verse. Here it is. Ecclesiastes 4, 6. This is the NIV version. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after wind. All right. I'm going to say the first phrase you repeat after me. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. All right, that was a long one, right? Say it again. The first phrase, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Oh, that was better. One more time. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. All right. Why is one handful better? Here's the deal. I got me some Skittles up here and I love me some Skittles. Taste the rainbow again. If you were to eat this whole thing, you would taste the rainbow both directions. Uh, it wouldn't be that fun the second time. But let's say if I have one handful of Skittles, what can I do? Well, let's say that Joe doesn't have any Skittles. Well, if I have one handful and I'm and I'm holding it like this, I can give him. Go ahead. It's, it's okay. He's like, no, I'm not taking that. And if I have one handful and, and I'm generous, then I can give Seth a handful of Skittles. It's okay. You can eat those. It's, it's, it's all right. Don't share though. Actually, no, this is the whole thing. One is good. If you have one Skittle. Yeah. All right. So here's the deal. If I have one handful of Skittles and someone needs a hand, what can I do? I've got a hand free. I can help them up. 
if I've got one handful of Skittles and, and someone needs some comfort, then I can put my arm around them. I can, I can hold hands with them if I need to with my kids or with my, with my wife. I can hold her hand. And, and in fact, when we're, when we've been in stress before, when we've had arguments before, many times I'll grab her hand and I'll say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving you. I meant it when I said I was staying. I'm staying. So if I've got one handful, then I can reach out to her. If, if I have one handful, somebody needs something, then I can give them uh, what they need. That's why it's better. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Now, there are so many times in your life when less is more, less of what isn't even the issue. That doesn't matter. The principle is this, this is on your listening guide. Less is more when it allows me to focus on what matters most. This is when less is more. Now, I want you to stop, and, and everybody has a, a registration card, right? Um, if you don't have a registration card, you got to listen, guide, something to write on. I want you to stop right now, and I want you to consider this. If you knew, if you were told today that you were going to die before Christmas, by the way, that's eight weeks from today. If you were told that you were going to die before Christmas, what would be the top three most important things in your life over the next eight weeks? All right, write those down. What comes to your mind? If you have trouble, think about it that way. I've got eight weeks to live. What would I dedicate my next eight weeks to? Write down your top three things. I always feel uncomfortable when y'all are looking at me when you're supposed to be writing. All right, write it down. Top three things over the next eight weeks if you knew you were going to pass away before Christmas, before Jesus' birthday. Now, several of you responded to my post. I put this on, on Facebook. Um, I don't remember when it was Wednesday or Thursday, several people responded. And, um, let me tell you some things that nobody put on there. No one said the zeros in my bank account. Nobody said that would be most important in my life. Nobody said, um, my new leather sofa or my new countertops, or nobody said the number of Instagram followers they had, or that they finally made it to the next level of Pokemon Go. No one wrote those things. Can we just acknowledge something today? We spend a lot of time and energy chasing things that aren't on that list of top three. The Bible calls that chasing after the wind. So what's on your listening guide, we're going to say we spend a lot of time and energy chasing after the wind. All right. How many of you have ever caught the wind? Let me see your hand. I want to see it on video if you've caught the wind so you can prove it, right? Nobody can catch the wind. That's the point. And so we can spend a lot of time chasing after the wind is what Solomon said. We can spend a lot of time trying to accumulate things that do not matter in our lives. And that's why we got to buy into this idea that less is more. Um, what if you were to prioritize your life so that you spent most of your time and energy doing the top three. It's possible, but you're going to have to buy into the idea that less is more. And so we're going to look at some things today and, and we're going to try to really understand this idea that better is one handful with tranquility, with peace, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. So how I said it on your listening guide is how to stop chasing after the wind. Number one, cut back. Cut back. 
this year, I uh, back in May, I finalized the sale of my parents' house. They they died um, in 2013 in a car wreck. Mom and dad and sis did, and so we we had been selling the house, owner finance, and we finally finished up the sale of that house. This guy wanted to pay it off, so I went to Borger, paid it off. And as I was going through the house and looking at the house, one of the things I noticed, my dad built this house in the early 50s, and you know what they did not have in the early 50s in houses? Walk-in closets. See, dad, dad had about this much space in his closet and mom had about four or five times that much. Some things never change, but it still wasn't all that much. Dad had, had two suits and they were for church or, or, or funerals. Um, he had work clothes and he had church clothes. Mom had her clothes. And, and so they all fit very easily in their closet. I know because that was my favorite place to hide when we played hide and go seek. So I would go in there. There's lots of room in that closet. It wasn't a walk-in closet, but I could crawl in there and hide. And it was awesome. Now, when I was born, we had, we have a, it was a three bedroom, two bath house. And so I was the fourth child. I was a big time surprise. So there wasn't a bedroom for me. My brothers lived in the back bedroom. My sister lived in the middle bedroom. And then mom and dad and me were in the front bedroom. And, and so my little twin bed was at the foot of their bed for almost six years of my life till one of my brothers went off to college. And then I got to move into his bed and I, I shared a room with my, with the next brother for a couple of years till he went off to college. Then I had a room to myself for the, the rest of my life. But the first six years of my life, mom had this dresser. I don't know how we got everything in there, my bed, their bed and this dresser, but we did. And I had this one little drawer with all of my clothes in it. I had play clothes and I had church clothes and God forbid, if you should mix the two, because you didn't have very many. So my point is back then you just didn't have that much and nobody knew about walk-in closets, but fast forward to today. And what do you see? Oh my closets everywhere. And people, Janie watches HGTV. We watch fixer upper. We watch, um, property brothers. We watch love it or listed. Oh my goodness. If, if I do not have the remote control, it is on HGTV and we watch all of this stuff. And there are people that will actually not buy a house. If there's not enough closet space, not just any closets, we call them walk in closets. And, and actually we ought to call some of them. We ought to call them walk around closets. Cause quite honestly, some of the closets nowadays are bigger than the bedroom we had back in the day. There should be a little sign up on the wall that says nine laps around this closet equals a mile. You think I'm kidding? I've got some pictures. Here's the first one. This is just, I would love this closet, right? But that's not even a big one nowadays. Here's the next one. Check that out. That's like a changing table. You could have dinner in there on that table. Here's the next one. That's too much. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's not even the best one. That one, I like the, he, I like the little sofa on the floor in case you get too tired trying to decide what you're going to wear. Then you, you can take a nap. Check this one out. Did I not put the last one on there? Oh, shoot. I got to get it for the next service. There, I actually found one that has, has a circular staircase in the closet. <laughs> what is wrong with us? Years ago, Janie and I were at a conference and I've told you about this conference. We were in Chicago and and that's how we got the dream for doing a church like this. And we were sitting around a table and I don't even remember exactly the breakup. I don't remember how many people were there, six or eight people from all over the world. Janie and I were the only Americans sitting at the table. So we were going to go have lunch and then we're going to have this breakout conference. And one of the things they wanted us to do was to, was to discuss questions on the table. So we had this list of questions. The very first question was what percentage of the clothes in your closet have you not worn in the last year? So we got people like from Germany and Sweden. We've got a couple of people from Asia. 
Asia and we got somebody from South America. They're all sitting around the table. They're talking. Janie and I are talking. And so then we turned. They said, okay, you guys, you're the Americans. You're hosting our table. What percentage of your clothes have you not worn in the last year? And we said probably 50%. And there was this gasp at the table. And one of the German guys said, you must be rich. And we laughed because I was a youth minister. We had two kids under three. We had less than a thousand dollars. Actually, when I think about it, we probably had less than $500 to our name. If you added up all six of our checking accounts, we had a house payment, a car payment. We had, we were not rich. We would not describe ourselves as rich, but this idea that we didn't wear 50% of our clothes made these people from around the world think we were rich. Um, and, and see, that's, that's part of the deal. Do you know what's crazy? That's insane to them. But what's crazy is you can walk into your closet and you can probably do run your fingers along the bottom row of clothes and the top row of clothes. And what happens so often when you want to go somewhere, you walk into your closet and you say, I don't have anything to wear. Am I speaking the truth today? Yes. Some of you have so much stuff in your walk-in closet that you've started to put it in the garage. What is the garage intended to hold? Cars. You can't get your cars in there. I've seen some of the houses. And then when the garage fills up, where do we go? Attic, because it's just dead space. And then if the attic gets full, we buy storage buildings and put them on our property. And then some of us have so much storage, so much stuff. That we run out of room on the property. What do we do? Do we, do we have a garage sale? No. Do we give it to Goodwill? Oh no. We pay somebody at a different address to keep our stuff. Storage facilities are everywhere, right? This is kind of crazy. I was watching Duck Dynasty this week and I don't know how many of you watched Duck Dynasty, but this was an older episode I hadn't seen. Um, I knew about Jep, the youngest brother, how he had, um, had some seizures. They really thought he almost was going to die. And so he's recovering from this. The family had just finished building their house. Jep uh, is the youngest. His house was just finished built. And so he couldn't do anything. He was still recovering. And so he's laying on the couch and they're saying, we're going to move your stuff in for you. You don't have to worry about anything. And they said, is there anything you need? And he said, well, you know what I've been dreaming about? I've been dreaming about smoked meat. And so two of the brothers said, Hey, we'll go get your smoker for you and we'll, we'll fix you some meat. We want to help you get back to strength. So two of the brothers, the two oldest brothers and the dad, Phil Robertson, go to this storage facility. It is an indoor climate controlled storage facility. So they go to, they find the locker. It takes them forever. They find the locker. They open it up. This is like a one car garage. It is filled front to back, top to bottom. And they go, Oh no, how are we going to find the smoker? They, they played with the little toys because they, they're little boys, but you know, they're, they're full grown. So then they go, wait, wait, here's another key. And they go next to it. There's another one car garage size, full top to bottom, front to back. And they're like, there's no way we don't want to, to have to go through all this to try to find the smoker. Phil Robertson looks at the camera and he says, he says, my son has a problem. I've got to talk to this boy. Nobody needs this much stuff. Then they find another key on the key ring, a third front to back, one car garage size filled top to bottom. So then they cut away to the dad and the dad said, you know, you'd like to believe that you've raised four normal sons in this world. And then you go to a storage facility and realize one son has this much stuff. He said, I have to admit none of my sons are normal. 
They have too much stuff. And, and I'm willing to bet that you have so much stuff that you can't even remember what you do have. Have you ever, this happened to me this week, have you ever been looking for something in, like mine's in my shed, I was out looking in my shed, have you ever looked for something and, and then all of a sudden you see something you didn't even know you had, you'd forgotten. I had to, I was looking all around and, and I saw this battery, a little six volt battery for, uh, that powers your, your deer feeders. And I went, Oh, I forgot I bought that last year. I bought it. I got so much stuff. I don't even know what I have. Anybody else? All right. Justin and me. That's it. I want you to, I want to gently remind you that less is more. Better is one handful with tranquility than a bunch of stuff and the time and energy it takes to keep up with it. One time Jesus was speaking and a man comes up to him and he says, teacher, tell my brother to split the inheritance with me. Jesus looks at him and says, who am I to judge? Jesus said, I'm not getting involved in that. Then he turns around and he tells his followers this. I put it up on the screen. Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Jesus said, how much stuff you have doesn't define your life, but we sure live like it does, don't we? Um, I don't know if you've heard that old saying, you probably have, he who dies with the most toys wins. I prefer the saying, he who dies with the most toys is still dead. Jesus is saying, no matter how big or small your pile is, your pile of stuff, that's not who you are. That doesn't define you. So maybe we should start looking at our stuff and getting rid of some of it. I'm at a point in my life where I want less stuff and I want more friends. I want less stuff and more time with family. One of my needs, if you've ever done the his needs, her needs, if you haven't done that, there's a, it's a great book on, on marriage. Um, one of my needs that we discovered is recreational companionship. I want more experiences with people. I, I don't like to go do stuff by myself anymore. I want stuff. I want to do stuff with people, which means I'm probably going to have to cut back. So everybody say cut back. All right, second thing is clear out. Everybody say clear out. All right, cut back and clear out. Now, as I declutter, as I cut back, as I clear out, I discover room in my soul that I did not know was there. And in fact, wasn't there before. All right, ladies, how many of you, if if you are going to spend some time with your family, or let's say some families coming over, some close friends coming over, how many of you could could just totally get into spending time with others if your room, if your living room was cluttered with clothes and toys and dirty dishes? How many of you would just love it for somebody to come see you at that point? Now, if it were clean, would you be able to hang out with your friends? All right, I see you, Jen. Yeah, right. Okay, guys. Have you ever been working on something? This has never happened to me. And you need a particular tool, one specific tool, and you spend all of your time looking for that one tool. Does that bless your heart? Does that just bring joy to your soul? Do your children and your spouse want to be around you when you can't find the right tool? No. Uh, I, uh, my dad's been gone quite a while, but I want to show you my dad's garage. Okay, now this is, believe it or not, this is, we'd started cleaning up. The buckets weren't there when dad was still alive. Um, so what had happened, see the, 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 the row in the middle? That was so he could pull the car in without having to put everything up. As long as I've been alive, I'm 52 years old. Dad died three years ago until my brother, and I cleaned his garage. That's how it was. Can you see there's, there's a kind of a pegboard way back there in the back? I've got 
I've got nieces and nephews that are over 30 that said, we had no idea there was a workbench back there with a pegboard. When we finally cleared everything out, they found it. So, so my dad, my dad would be out there working as long as, as I can remember. Dad would work on cars. This was a second job where he'd work on lawnmowers. And everything that was, that was most recent that he was working on was in the middle aisle. And so you'd go out there to look for something and dad would tell you, and most of the time he would know where it was. But if it was missing, I'd been gone 20 years and dad says, you must have moved it. I bet you took it home. I said, how would you know? Well, Larry was here. My oldest brother, Larry was here and Larry did something with it. Then, okay, so this wasn't enough. So dad built a storage building, a one car garage behind this. And here's, here's what it looked like. Again, we had taken about two trailer loads out of there before. Now, here, I'm not trying to make fun of my dad, but here's the problem my dad had. My dad grew up in the uh, Great Depression, and so he never threw anything away because you might use it again. Not lying, we found um, spark plugs, a complete set of spark plugs, and it was a 45 or 46, I don't even know what it was. It was written on there what they were for used, not, not new. He had changed the spark plugs and he kept the old ones because he thought he might use them again someday. Now, how many of you have a hard time getting rid of stuff? Cause you think you might use it again. I, I kind of, I'm like that. I got all kinds of weird stuff. And Janie's like, why do you need this? Cause I might need it. Now, some of the rest of you though, you have a hard time getting rid of things because it's there's sentimental value. Somebody gave you something, right? And you have a hard time. Let me see your hands. Those of you who have sentimental things. All right. So we've got to learn how to let go of things. Um, when we cut back and when we, when we let go, it's going to bring freedom. Now, here's the, here's the thing I want you to know. I think that a part of the reason we can't get rid of stuff, or let's say why we can't choose which outfit we should wear when we go in our closet is because we've got too many choices. When it's like, it's like trying to find a movie on Netflix. I don't even bother anymore. There's way too many. I have spent 30 minutes of my life going through the movies on Netflix and going, no, 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 no. I don't even bother anymore. But when Janie and I went to Israel, there were, there were actually movies that you could see. Everybody had a little TV in front and you could use your own and you could watch your own movie. There were like six or seven movies. That's all the choices you had. I wanted to watch three of them. Why? Because I didn't have an overwhelming number of choices. Had a limited amount of time. So when we declutter, it's going to bring freedom. Suddenly it's going to be easier to choose. There's not going to be this drag on your life and you're going to be able to connect with God and with other people much better. Now, if you have trouble letting go of stuff, I I read something from an organizational expert and you may kind of think this is weird, but, but hear me out. She said, if there, if you're, if you have something that you're having a hard time getting rid of, thank it, whatever the object is. And then set it free. So for example, you have a gift that somebody gave you 30 years ago. You haven't used it in 30 years. And you say, thank you that my best friend gave this to me 30 years ago and I used it and it blessed me. Now go away. And you let it bless someone else or you, you, you recycle it. So be free to come back as something else or, or you just put it in the landfill. I don't know, but you just say to it, thank you. Okay. So here's the deal. I have tons of books. Every time I go to a conference, I get more books. I'm going to a conference this week. I'll get more books. I have not read half of the books in my library, but I might. And I might reread. I've read hundreds of books in my library. I might reread them. You don't know. What could I do? I could, I could get a book and I say, thank you that you blessed me 10 years ago. 
Now go and bless someone else. The idea is let's get rid of some of our stuff. So I, I want you to walk through your closet. If you haven't worn something in a year, then give it to someone else. Bless somebody else. Every time you get something new, give something away. So you get a new shirt, give a shirt away. You get new pants, give a pair of pants away. You get new shoes, give a pair of shoes away. You get new underwear. No, 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 don't do that. But everything else, if you get one, give one. Now, here's the challenge. I, I want to challenge you to do this. I want to see this. I want to challenge you to give away a hundred things. And then I want you to go to the, the New Life Facebook page and do hashtag 100. When you get to a hundred. But some of you, quite honestly, a hundred's not enough. You may need to go to 500. You may need to go to a thousand and then, then put that on there. When you start to declutter, you're going to realize this verse. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. All right. Everybody say cut back, clear out. The next one is pay off. Everybody say that. Now, how many of you love financial stress? Let me see your hands. You just love it. Whenever you see bills in the mail, you just start to sing Christmas carols, right? You, you see how much interest you're paying on a credit card and it just blesses your heart. You feel close to God. You love it when collection agencies call. Anyone? I never hear people say those things. You know what I hear people say? All the time. We fight over money all the time. I'm worried about paying bills all the time. And they say, I'd give anything to go back and not make some of those financial decisions that I've made. Now, we're going to talk specifically next week when we talk about stress is bad. We're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about the motivation for for paying things off. But I want you to realize this. Being debt free is fun. Now, you may say, well, I could never get there. We're going to in January, we're going to start a financial peace university. And if you're interested in that, we just don't have time for the holidays. We'd have to take too many weeks off and it would, it would ruin the momentum. So in January, we're going to start Financial Peace University. That's Dave Ramsey's um, financial plan. I've done it a couple of times. It is the best one that I've ever seen. And so if you're interested in getting your finances right, you need to sign up. Put that on your, your registration card today that you want to go through FPU. If you are interested in, in spiritual growth, we're going to start a, a Bible study. It's called Experiencing God. It's one of the best I've ever done. I've done it eight times. Um, it's that good. We're going to do that in our small groups. And this is going to tell you how to understand when God's speaking, how to see where God is working and how to join him. It's one of the best Bible studies you can ever do. If you're interested in that, put that on there. Now, here's the thing. Some of you think it's not even possible for you to pay off your debt. Well, you get on a path. We've been talking about the principle of the path for several weeks. You get on the path towards that. You start walking down there. You pay off your first credit card. Woohoo! You cut that sucker up so you don't use it again. Pay off the next one, whatever it is. You pay off student loans. You pay off your car debt. If you get really crazy and really serious, eventually you're going to be walking around with no house payment. Janie and I, three years ago, were able to pay off our house. You want to talk about freedom? We now have one child in college and another one about to go to college. And so for the next six years, we're going to be paying for college. Do you think we wish we had a house payment with our college tuition? No. In fact, I'm praising God because now that's allowing us to pay and we're not having to take out loans. I refuse to take out a student loan. Not going to do it. I've heard too many people say that's a bad deal. I've got people, I'm 52. I've got people my age still paying off student debt. In fact, I did a wedding a week ago. And, and the girl is an RN and she said, I call my student debt the house that I don't ever get to live in. $110,000 
They're just now getting married and they've got this huge weight on them. All right, you can, you, you can talk about whatever you want. I'm just saying debt is no fun. You start doing this and it's a, it's a great deal. Better is a car that's paid off than a brand new one with really big payments that stress you out. Better is a small house that, that, um, that you've paid off or you can afford than one that is big and you can't afford. Better to have financial margin. Margin means that, that whenever something happens, you've got an emergency fund that covers it. Better that than living paycheck to paycheck, wondering if, what would happen if you don't get paid the next time? So if we want to get where we want to be, we're going to have to cut back. We're going to have to clear out. We're going to have to pay off. And, and I'm not telling you not to have good stuff. In fact, I would argue it's better to have a few things that are really, really nice that you love than a whole bunch of junk that controls you. Now, a couple more things and we're done. I believe the richest people in the world are not those who have the most. It's those who need the least. I'll say that again. The richest people in the world are not those who have the most. It's those who need the least. And if you think I'm crazy, I want to challenge you to go to Haiti or go to some developing country. Because you're going to get there and your heart is going to break. You're going to, if you get on the bus with us from the airport, you're going to see people living in huts or living in, in tarps. They're going to have no electricity, no running water, dirt floors. And you go, how can people live like this? After a couple of days, you kind of get used to it. Um, and, and it's not as big a stress to you. And you learn that these children, they're not, they're not, um, distracted by iPads and TV and all of that stuff. If you pay just this much attention to them, they will latch onto you, become your best friend the whole week. And then you go to a worship service and you see these people worship these people that don't even have one handful. Many times they have no handfuls and they worship God like they've got everything. And it shames me. And I'm actually kind of jealous sometimes. Then you come back and sometimes we land and we, we have to come back through Florida. There's no direct flights from Dallas to, to uh, anywhere from Texas, anywhere to Haiti. And you, you land and, and you're changed for two days or maybe two minutes and you get back in the materialism quest and you keep running after more. I just want you to realize you have a ridiculously short life. The Bible says that your, your life is like a mist, like a vapor, like a breath. It's here one minute, it's gone the next. Your life's too valuable, your calling's too great. God is too good for you to waste your time chasing stuff. You weren't put on here on this earth to gather stuff. You were put on this earth to make a difference. Better is one handful in an intimate relationship with my children than two handfuls and they grow up and I don't even know they're gone. Better is one handful with some really good friends than two handfuls and I've got no spiritual connection with God or with other people. Better is one handful and some experiences with my family, some family vacations. Um, we were talking about this. One of the best things I love to do is take my, my family to Christian concerts. Better one handful and a few Christian concerts or a, or a vacation than, than two handfuls. And I don't even have time to acknowledge the existence of my family. Better is one handful and the ability to make a difference in someone's life than two handfuls and being consumed with yourself. Would you bow your heads for a moment? God, would you please free us from the relentless pursuit of more? Help us learn to chase what matters to you. Show us today what is really important. How many of you would admit that you've spent a lot of time and energy chasing things that weren't on your top three list? Would you raise your hands? Keep your heads bowed. All right. How many of you would like to say today, 
that you'd like to start chasing things that matter to God? Did you raise your hands? All right. Well, I've kind of given you a blueprint for that. Now we're going to pray. Would you just spend a second telling God what's been most important? He already knows it. He's waiting for you to confess it. You're agreeing with him that what you've done is wrong. Father, we believe that your word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. We believe that your word is judging our thoughts and our intentions of our hearts right now. God, I pray that you take Ecclesiastes 4, 6. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with, with toil and chasing after the wind. Would you burn that into our hearts so that we live like we believe those words are true? Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.